0: This is a conversation with Jian Galang. He's an artist and illustrator, popularly known for his work with the UFC, Reebok, ESPN, and Fightland with Vice. In this conversation, we discuss Bruce Lee and his philosophies, Jian's inspirations from Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jackie Chan. We dive deep into his work and the different styles and tools and techniques that he uses. And we also discuss creativity. This is no time. If you like what you see, then do hit subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. I will always believe in the power of this project, but it takes as much time and effort as a second job. So if you'd like to see it continue, do consider making a donation on Patreon, Anchor, Instagram, pick your poison. If not through multi-channels, then do consider sharing these episodes, liking and commenting. All your engagement really goes a long way. For other forms of love and support, you can follow this channel on Instagram or Twitter or follow me personally. And now number one, brother, it is no time. Bruce Lee once famously said, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. Water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. You are someone who has carved the path in being unconventional. Whether it is marrying two distinct passions in art, illustration, painting with martial arts or even on the finer details with the type of unconventional tools you use, whether it is knives or aluminum foil or random stuff that you get from Home Depot. My first question for you is if at this moment you pause and look back on your entire career and your entire life, do you get the feeling that you have espoused Bruce Lee's philosophy in your life as well? Have you adapted different forms? Have you been flexible with different styles? Or in Bruce Lee's vocabulary, have you flowed when it was time to flow? Have you crashed when it was time to crash? Have you been like water, my friend? Hmm, That's a big question. I think um, as an artist, you kind of do have to be
1: like water. Uh, because I, I think one, maybe one of the biggest hurdles that uh, artists face is um, what they're going to do in their career. Because there are so many different paths you can take. You know, um, I, I would say... Uh, more than uh, most professions. uh, There's no real concrete path to follow. So I would say as an artist uh, in my career, I've had to be like water. You kind of take the types of jobs that um, allow you to express uh, the artwork that you want to make and be able to make a living. You know, it's not like you could just start pumping out artwork and just automatically get paid for it you kind of have to find uh the ways that you know the different avenues and ecosystems that you can create work and uh, make a living so
0: yeah i I would say that's a a little bit like being like water finding your level no i completely agree and even just looking at the evolution that you've gone through in the last four or five years starting from Fightland itself i think it's you have definitely been been like water I want to stick with the theme of exploring your inspirations and I have a little game segment for you. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to list down inspirations that you've mentioned in previous interviews. And in 90 seconds or less, I would like you to highlight one specific idea, concept or theory or lesson that you gain from each inspiration. You can also cite uh, specific examples of work that you've done and how that shows that lesson that you have gained or the inspiration. you again, are you ready? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. First one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Okay. A lesson that I've learned from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I mean, I would say maybe not a lesson, but maybe uh, just an overall inspiration uh, for life. Um, Just have fun, um, train hard, and... Kick
0: ass. <laughs> yeah. Eat pizza. pizza. Yeah. Have fun, train hard, kick ass, eat pizza. These are amazing, amazing lessons to get yeah, yeah, in yeah. life. Second one, Jackie Chan. Oh, Jackie Chan. Almost the same thing. Almost the same <laughs> thing,
1: I would say. Have fun, train hard, kick ass. I mean, no pizza. though. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, probably a lot less pizza. Do more push-ups. <laughs> Handstand push-ups. Handstand yeah. push-ups from yeah. Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah. Third one, Street Fighter. Oh, dude, Street Fighter. I feel like Street Fighter is um, maybe uh, one of the biggest inspirations behind my art. Because as a kid, uh, I would love to copy the character designs and their in- individual attributes uh, that they would have in the instruction manuals. Um, and I feel like uh, as a fine artist, I like um, capturing the energy of figure and I feel like I learned all that from Street Fighter because they really did a great job of um, creating these amazing characters with unique personalities um, and uh, marrying their fighting style with how they looked and their appearance and their
0: swagger. So uh, Street Fighter was a huge inspiration for me. This idea of games inspiring. Careers and professions like this is yeah. such a new concept. But who would have thought? Like the creators of Street Fighter, would they have known that they're creating so much art in the future as well? Definitely something to keep in mind. Fourth one, your professor George Pratt. So George Pratt, um, he really, uh, I, I think that his biggest
1: lesson uh, for me was the concept of mark making, as opposed to uh, just the traditional idea of drawing and painting. So you know, when you're in high school or something, you think of drawing as having a pencil or charcoal and eraser, creating lines or painting, you have paintbrush or paintbrush set, something like that. But um, George would really stress the, stress the idea of creating an emotion with whatever tools you can make. So whether that's um, watercolor washes or um, whatever tools that you could use to be the most expressive. So he would do a lot of experimentation and, uh, for me, um, as someone trying to capture a lot of emotion in my artwork as well, um, I, uh, took George's lessons and try to, uh, select tools and ways of working that allow me to be a little bit more expressive. Um, so mark making exactly is
0: using any tool to
1: highlight yeah. emotion. Yeah. Or, okay. or to make a mark on the page, you Got know, it. okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, um, It's not just, um, it's kind of beyond being locked into a line or maybe a certain form. It's kind of, um, you know, you have an idea, you have um, maybe a form or an expression you're trying to make. And the type of tool that you use can heighten the emotion or expression that
0: you're trying to convey, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's very interesting. We will come back to this after yeah. this game segment. Yeah. Next one, Mortal Kombat.
1: Mortal Kombat? So I was more in Street Fighter because my parents wouldn't let me buy Mortal Kombat because it's too bloody. So it too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mortal Kombat, when I think of Mortal Kombat, I think of uh, going to my older cousin's house or my other fr- you know, my uh, friends whose parents didn't care too much about uh, if they had <laughs> it or not. And uh, it was kind of more like the badass game. Um, so pretty much same same uh influences for me as street fighter but uh i just played a street fighter a lot more
0: yeah thankfully my parents didn't know what mortal Kombat meant as well yeah i used to try and like get through the entire game with every different character to get the backstory at the end of it oh yeah yeah I had yeah, wild, got to yeah, 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 yeah wild yeah. childhood yeah. okay last one for this game and we began this conversation by naming him what lessons have you learned from bruce lee Hmm, from Bruce Lee. Well, I, I would like to say at first, I'm not the biggest
1: Bruce Lee head, and I feel like I'm more influenced by the generation after all the stuff that was influenced by Bruce Lee, like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Ninja Turtles. Hmm. Um, I'd say the biggest lesson I've learned from Bruce Lee is, I think his biggest lesson, you know, the be water, um, which I think maybe uh, resonates with so many people because, um. It's the idea of not being locked unnecessarily locked in into a certain type of constraint or certain set of principles where it's to your detriment. I guess from a martial arts point of view, uh, you know, a lot of people consider Bruce the Godfather of MMA, and I think, especially from a time when um, a lot of martial arts were locked into different very specific. Uh, clannish groups of thoughts. Um, Bruce was uh, advocating for mixing different techniques based on your physical attributes. So I think that idea of being flexible and uh, not being um, rigid in your thinking to your detriment um, is a huge lesson for everybody.
0: Completely agree. I think Bruce Lee's work in not just martial arts and film, but also philosophy, ah, it's monumental that is the game segment. Excellent huh. performance. Uh, six out of six from me. You can, yeah, you can cool. add that to your resume. It's okay, going to cool. stand out. Thank you. Before we tie up this segment about inspirations, one more thing I want to check with you is you worked for six years in the advertising world. Yeah. You worked as an art director in an advertising agency. What lessons or what skills did you gain from that time that you use in your work now? And do you think that's made you a better artist? A lot. a lot. Is this 90 seconds too? Or? Oh, no, you can take that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah,
1: I, I worked for, I think, actually seven years in advertising. And um, um, one of the reasons I got into advertising was because um, I studied illustration and graphic design in, in college, but I didn't have um, a specific route that I felt um, I really wanted to go. Because when I was in graphic design, um, I feel like the goal was to work at a really dope graphic design agency, Pentagram, something in New York, or... As an illustrator, um, that that path was super unclear, you know, because we had teachers that had done editorial illustration and stuff like that, but you know, they're just they're 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 only teaching at the moment, or you know, their kind of advice at the time was like, oh, make postcards and send them to people and stuff like that. So and and, and I totally get it uh, because the way that you get out as an illustrator nowadays is always changing. But um, uh, I was uh, actually. Attending a lecture by an art director, an advertising agency. Um, it was at the time it was Wyden Kennedy, Tokyo. And they were doing amazing work um, across all mediums. Like they were doing animated music videos. They were doing these really dope uh, layout, like Nike layouts with really cool cutting edge, like graphic design and photography collage. So um, I learned a lot of uh, working in advertising because uh, just based on the sheer exposure to so many different creative disciplines. You know, um, I'd be working, you know, one day I'd be working with a photographer on some kind of layout. I'd be working with different directors on commercials. Um, We'd mix in certain types of graphic design. Uh, I I think what's great about being in advertising is, um, I guess, like Bruce Lee, you kind of got to be like water because uh, you're, servicing so many different clients so many different brands so it's like the opposite of being uh, an artist now where i kind of have a very specific way that i work um a look and the only people that come to me to hire me are are, they're looking for my work right but it's like the opposite in advertising where where whether even a even two different sports brands if you're working with Reebok and Nike they're going to be different or you know I'm working with like um, you know all kinds of different clients from different um, backgrounds so visually it kind of opened my mind up to all kinds of um, all kinds of creative explorations different ways of combining type illustration photography um, so it allowed me to wear many hats and hone in on the different things that I liked
0: yeah Also, yeah, the exposure so many different styles in that yeah industry. know definitely can be very very useful. Let's dive deep into your work and your process. And I also want to touch upon you what you mentioned earlier, which I found very interesting. Mark making. Yeah. You are someone who uses many different styles and approaches. We just touched upon it as well. In a previous interview, you mentioned just as an example that if you want to show speed, you might use a wet substrate. Or if you want to show impact, you focus a lot more on the texture. If it's something abstract, you might focus on expressionism. For fighters in motion, like I and Mike, you often superimpose a lot of limbs to create that effect as well. You also experiment with a lot of different tools. We mentioned you use stuff you get from Home Depot, you use knives, aluminum foil as well. For the aspiring art students that might be watching this, can you provide a short masterclass on three or four of these styles and approaches I just listed out? Why did you pick that? what was the vision you had in mind? How do you go about executing it and how does it impact the piece?
1: Okay. So I think, um, for me, when I'm selecting my tools and ways of working, what I've found is, um, the more that I relinquish control, the more I have to be a little bit more uh, spontaneous, spontaneous. Spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Spontaneous. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of have to react a little more, um, and I get unexpected results, which can be interesting to me. Yeah. You know, um, also a big part of my process is, you know, I love rendering, I love draftsmanship. So when I create these happy accidents, um, you know, wild mark making, and I combine it with certain elements that are uh, rendered very tightly, that juxtaposition can help me emphasize certain things. You know, like, like you were saying, uh, speed, or movement, you know, when you have something that's uh, really wild uh, juxtaposed right next to something that's really tight, you know, the focus shifts, you know, what what is moving faster, what is, um, you know, what has more impact. So, um, basically, I think for me, it's finding the balance of um, tightness and precision and being able to just let loose. So recently I've been doing a lot of collage because for me, collage helps me physically separate the areas where I can be really wild and where I can create a more uh, precise painting, you know, without having to worry about, Oh my God, I'm going to mess the face up. Cause I'm about to like splatter paint all the, all the way around. So. Um, before I would do a lot of masking and I still do some masking, but this year I've really been exploring with collaging where I just create multiple paintings and then I just cut them together. And then I'm like, Oh, wow, that this like really weird, uh, wet brush stroke looks really cool. You know, placed right up against the face or, you know, an- another, uh, really rough painting on the other side. So, um, I guess, um, uh, if you were asking to dive into different, um, specific, um, tools, um one of the tools i picked up from my professor we mentioned before george pratt was the roller paint roller and you know that's like the ultimate example of um uh relinquishing control because it's almost like it's like the opposite of a pen where you know exactly what it's going to look like uh, when you get to a certain um, skill level or uh, you have enough experience but when you have the roller you know. There's going to be unexpected textures all, all the way throughout. So um, you, you kind of do become, have a little bit more high energy. You know, the sh- um, it helps you um, be a little bit more spontaneous. And um, I, I, for me, I think it really helps focus on the big shapes. Because you don't know exactly where it's going to land. But that helps you keep the biggest shapes in mind. Uh, what I mean by shapes is the darks and the lights. And for me, those are the big, uh, those are the building blocks of any composition, because you want to be able to read it, uh, at least in illustration, you want to be able to read the forms uh, as clearly as possible from very far away. And that's in building um, very strong shapes. Yeah. So when you have something that's like really unwieldy, like uh, a roller, you you just become a little bit more extra focused that you're getting the right shape yeah. right away instead of kind of noodling very tightly with a very fine pen. And, you know, you're not really focusing on the big thing. So yeah. uh, I think working with something like that helps you focus on the big areas first. Um, as far as maybe something else like collage, um, like I said, collage helps you, I, for me, it helps you be a little bit more free because you're not so worried about, um, experimenting on one piece yeah. where you're you know because whereas maybe in the past before i started doing collage i was like i got this far and i spent a lot of time rendering this figure do i really want to take a chance and get bust out you know like a wet roller and stuff and mess everything up uh, but with collage you kind of like iterate a little bit more i can do like 20 paintings and then pick the one that has the coolest splatter um the coolest technique and then cut that out um Put it next to, uh, you know, to the, uh, including the overall composition. So um, that's another technique I've been using. Um,
0: Can I give you a prompt? So, yeah, oh, sorry prompt. for the people who are listening to this on audio. GN gave me this wonderful print of I and Mike Dyson. Can you walk us through your process behind creating this? What was the vision you had in mind and how do you execute it? Okay. So, uh, my process. For each illustration is
1: pretty standard for uh, illustration, which is um, basically what they teach you. Uh, like I had mentioned a little bit earlier, is you want the shape to read as clearly as possible, as quickly as possible. You know, from far, far away. Um, this is all, all obviously not always the case. There's some um, different styles cartoonists who can just start doodling an eyeball, and then it becomes. You know, a whole painting, but uh, I think for for the majority of um, illustrators, it's usually working big to small. So, um, I'll for something like this, I'll start off with um, a concept. You know, and it, it's not too deep. I wanted to paint Iron Mike, but I wanted to showcase his violence. You know, how quickly he moves um, in and out, his bobbing and weaving. So, I create multiple thumbnails. To how, you know, how do I express this? Um, You know the different angles so I make a lot of small uh, when I say thumbnails uh, that that means uh, very small sketches about the size of a thumbnail maybe a little bit bigger in uh, a sketchbook so I can very quickly throw out the bad ideas. That's the idea of making because you want to just create all the wrong ideas so you get to arrive to the quickest uh, so you arrive to the correct one in the quickest fashion. Uh, Before you die, you spend so much time, you know, rendering. So can I pause you there?
0: Yeah. When you say get all the bad ideas out of the way, what is your approach to creativity? Do you get this feeling that you're just channeling a lot of ideas through and then it's just landing on the right one? Yeah. like Do you often feel like, the work that you're doing, and I might not be wording this properly, is that you're not creating it on the spot, but rather when you're in the zone, it's just coming through. These ideas are just rushing through, and then it's just a matter of sifting through it.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And you know, I think this is something I, I really learned in advertising, too, because uh, in advertising, the whole, the number one thing you're looking for, you're mining for, is the right idea. And with that, it's like, you got to go through so many crappy ideas, and it's just... um. You know, it's not just going to pop into your head because you always have, you know, you have the time pressure. So the only way to get to the really cool idea is just to like write down every idea that you have. And then that bad idea will maybe lead to a good idea, hopefully, if you have enough of them. So it's kind of like that, you know, it's a little different in drawing, I guess, because sometimes you have a little bit more um, a better idea of the form. Um, but you know, there's still so many different variations you want to, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I'm trying, I try I try to get all those, yeah. uh, all, all the different ideas I have, um, out then you, you know, I think it's through iteration is where you can really select the best thing and basically it's just building on there. So once I get the, the tight thumbnail that I like, maybe I'll take a picture of it, uh, put it in Photoshop and maybe, um, I'll block in the big lights and darks. So, for me, in my illustration, um, lights and darks uh, and composition, because I, I, I mainly work with figurative work, uh, are very important, you know, because I don't do a lot of maybe backgrounds or uh, it's not narrative like a, through um, like a comic book or something like that. It's like one single image. Yeah. So, um, I'll work on the biggest um, shapes, lights and darks. So, in this case, in, in the Iron Mike um, example, I wanted to emphasize um, his inside movement, so my idea was to have one set of legs and have three different torsos, kind of going wild. So, um, when I got to this stage, um, it was I, I basically took some references so I could design the shadows and lights in a way that um, the form would be legible, because you know you could see it um, you know, three torsos on top of one, uh, legs, you could see it becoming very muddy, very quickly, like not being able to understand, oh, is this his arm? Is this the back arm or whatever? So, um, what I, I shoot photo references to very quickly help me, um, decide and design where the light is going to be. So the forms can be the most legible. So after I do that, um, I have my reference board. I have my reference photos of uh, Mike Tyson all all set up. Um, I have my really tight sketch. That's when I get into my favorite part of painting, which is, uh, I guess people would call it the flow state because I have almost like all the problems figured out. I have all the things that are are really going to stop me and be like, wait, how am I going to do this? It's all figured out. You know, I know I have reference photos. I know, um, you know, what the forms are going to look like. And now I, I, that's when I turn on an audiobook, a podcast, and I just can just focus on the art making, which is texture, um, form, um, how uh, the different paint is going to affect the paper. You know, the really like minute things that, uh, you know, maybe are, are less important than the overall form, but for me, it's the most fun because um, it's the stuff... That you do as a kid, where you're like really, oh, I really, I really want to focus on the shading on the face, you know, things like that, all the detailing.
0: Um, At that stage, are you really concentrating on it, or are you playing? Like because you put more on more playing, you're more playing because you put on a podcast, you put on yeah. audiobooks, so you got your attention somewhere. So it feels like you're just now allowing your ideas to just flow through. Yeah, yeah, because I don't have to come up with the ideas anymore because
1: it's all like laid out for me. Got you it. know, I, I've already yeah. solved the all the big problems of uh, legibility. Um, shape uh, you know in the sketch and I have the references so basically I'm using the other side of the brain where you're, you're just like I'm taking this part I'm going to paint it like that I'm taking, you're, you're tra- I'm like translating through my hands basically and um, that's the most enjoyable I mean that's my favorite thing to do like especially listening to um, uh, a dope sci-fi or a fantasy uh, audiobook it's like I'm watching a movie and I'm painting at the same time it's awesome it's it's uh that's my favorite thing to do
0: oh sounds fun i know thank you so much for that insight i think it was a great masterclass into how you create these pieces it was very 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 insightful follow-up question while you were talking about iron mike tyson you created a poster for ufc 281 yeah. israel adesanya versus alex Pereira. can you walk us through your process behind in creating that poster as well okay so my
1: process um behind creating that poster was uh what i would spoken a little bit about recently um was collage. So this whole year for me has been experimenting with collage. I mean, that's my new sandbox right there. (laughs) Year of the collage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, same way, um, I start off multiple thumbnails for this one because of the history of the fight, of the matchup, um, Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira, they um, had been uh, foes in outside of MMA, in kickboxing. Kickboxing, yeah. uh, after they battled in kickboxing, Izzy went to the UFC, became a superstar, became the champion of the UFC, and Alex followed. So I, in my head, I had the narrative of a hero villain. So that was the main kind of uh, compositional choice. I have Izzy in the front kind of as the hero and uh, Alex looming in the background, Back, yeah. like, kind of like Darth Vader or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it's pretty simple you know that's the main concept, if you call that a concept. and then for me, it's just designing uh, a form that I felt was dynamic. you know, it shows Izzy's um most famous pose, you know, bring it on from um, one of his favorite anime. and um and is basically experimenting with uh, different textures and colors um, and uh, ways of lighting it so it feels dynamic and popping forward. so uh for this one because i was making a a big a big painting um the layers had to be uh more calculated uh because i was cutting it out of thicker thing i wasn't just painting on paper um so uh the main forms are uh hand cut um with a jigsaw out of masonite so i had to, which is just brown board um in uh from home depot um so for this, my sketch had to be a little bit tighter because, you know, before I did the painting, I had to cut the figure out. So I, there's no kind of like, oh, let's make the head smaller later or something like that. You know, so this one was a little bit more planning, but not something I'm not used to. Um, you know, when I do commercial jobs, something like a mural for Nike, you, you often your sketches have to be like 99% there. So, uh, you know, I'm used to that. How long did it take you, the poster? Um, so the poster took... Maybe like two weeks, including the sketching and stuff like that. Yeah, because yeah. so for this one, because I, I, I had to do a lot of building Um, the not only so for the poster, I ended up doing a five foot painting because uh when they told me uh, when the UFC told me that it was going to be uh, Israel Adesanya, who is my Instagram friend, and I would say maybe real life friend, maybe. Uh, I'm not his friend, but we we did meet "What's <laughs> up?" Yeah. So, He's watching. Uh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> uh, but uh, and I knew that it was going to be in New York. I was like, oh, that would be cool to do a physical painting and have them, you know, have them see it in person. So uh, that was amazing that we got that to work out. So I wanted to make the physical painting. So um, yeah, like I said, it, it, there was a lot of construction involved. It had to be yeah. a little I had to build the frame so I could fit the pieces in like a puzzle. but. You know, in some ways, that's a lot more satisfying when you have something that big and you have to be precise. And then all the wild paintings that you do when they fit together like a puzzle, it's like so satisfying. Yeah, Yeah. because like, you know, when you're making all these uh, weird paintings, you know, like uh, I did uh, a lot of abstract paint pours for the backgrounds. You know, you don't know what it's going to look like because you're just making splatters and stuff. And then, you know, I take pictures of them, bring it into Photoshop and select the areas that i want to uh include in the composition then i hand cut them and then when they all fit together precise at the end you're like yeah yes. uh, yeah. yeah it feels it feels so good yeah
0: oh so you made six like whatever three four paintings and then you cut out depending yeah on you, oh, yeah wow. i made like wow, for wow. the
1: abstract pores i did like maybe 20 because wow, just because man. you just don't know what you're gonna get course, you know yeah. and then you kind of design it you know um some of the paint some of the pores look like energy radiation you know some look like speed lines and you kind of want to have a balance uh, between where uh the figure's action is moving towards so um but yeah it's a lot of fun <laughs> no definitely of, for uh, me, yeah and
0: that was that was amazing i really enjoyed that because i've seen that poster it's incredible and now to hear the story behind it it all makes sense right the heroes in the front he's yeah, calling yeah, yeah. even on at the back, he's looming. Alex Pereira. He got the villain. He got the redest tone to him. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It all makes sense. Perfect. You mentioned meeting Izzy, who's now your friend. Uh, what was it like meeting Style Bender? Uh, dude, he's amazing. You, I mean,
1: he's like, he has he's a real star. I would say he's a real star. You know, uh, he's so, he's like the opposite of me. He's like so charismatic. He knows exactly <laughs> what to say. Like it's totally cool in real life, just like you would think. Um, yeah, just 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 a really cool dude um you know I, I met him just briefly we talked a little bit about the painting um uh but you know it was fight week so he, he had it's not like we just i could just hang out with style bender all day he's got yeah. you know espn interviews and uh, everything so but he has a signed poster from you now his, <laughs> no well house. we
0: shipped the painting to his house yeah oh, yeah there in we Brazilian, go yeah yeah <laughs> do you think he beats alex Perez in the rematch yes Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> So
1: mysterious, yes. No, question. you I mean you can't you you can't have any predictions in MMA like um why do you think uh, he beats Alex? No, I mean, you know, I feel like uh you know, especially in the early kickboxing days of uh Izzy, you can it, it's it's very apparent that his brain is at another level, almost like the reflexes. So, you know, I I I always feel like um, if he can operate mentally at that at like a higher level than other guys then he can adapt whatever physically because you know his physical attributes are awesome but it seems like Alex is a lot bigger right Um, but I think that maybe you know his mental game can adapt what he's going to do physically and He'll be able to overcome it. And he was winning. <laughs> yeah. He was winning he in was all winning, the fights, yeah. dude. He
0: was winning all the fights. So, you know. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting match. Reminded me very much of Kamaru Leon as well. The dominant champion was dominating. And then there was just like last yeah, round. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, some yeah. Momentum. yeah. Okay. I took the digression. I apologize. Let's bring it back to art. We were talking about your process as well. Do you ever get the feeling when you, or do you ever get the feeling that you leave a piece of you behind in every project you work on? Can you now look on projects you worked on a couple of years ago? and immediately tell like the mood you were in at that point and how that infused the piece that you're working on? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I leave a piece of me behind me behind, but you know, what's
1: weird. I can, uh, I look at a lot of paintings and I can remember the podcast I was listening yeah. to yeah. at the time. Yeah. Or yeah. like the, the audio I was listening to at the yeah. time, because it's just like so mixed in. Um, I would say, uh, the pieces where I have the most memories from uh, are murals because, um, the I feel like out of all my paintings, uh, murals are the most high pressure because it's usually a time constraint. You know, you have to be working. I'm working at the the biggest scale. You know, than every everything's a little bit harder. Uh, I I always say murals for me is like is like working out because, you know, when you change a color, you go down from the lift, you pour out a color. You, you know, you got to change your, change out your brush. And then when you come back to the studio, everything's like right there. And it's like, you know, you're just, you're like painting muscles are, uh, you know, totally jacked and you know how to do everything quicker. So, um, and, and also what I, um, what I get from doing murals is you're kind of embedded in the environment for, for me, like a couple of days to a week. And, uh, yeah, you, you just, I think the whole environment um bleeds into the artwork like when i was in chinatown um on the street uh, in new york city painting a mural on doyer street you know while i'm painting all day you see uh people going to the post office stopping looking you know going to eat dim sum and you're talking to you you know all day and uh it it's like almost like you become part of the community part of the wall for like a week uh and you have you know and i feel like i have a lot of uh, fun memories from doing murals
0: yeah part of the wall and interesting that you remember the audiobook of the podcast audio has such a strong connection to memory oh, yeah. and smell as well it's very it's very interesting in a previous interview you mentioned that personally you feel one of the drawbacks that you have for yourself is that you sometimes get lost in the finer details yeah. and not being able to step out and seeing the bigger picture can be a flop salvador daly had once said that have no fear of perfection you'll never reach it yeah as an artist how hard is it to draw that line for perfection when do you know it's time to stop because any more time that you spend on perfecting this small amount will just be it's an endless journey it's going to be unproductive
1: yeah that point is when I can't stand it anymore basically because uh so I I I always have um what me and my wife call the agony phase, where which is uh, it's like the last three or four days of the painting where, uh, in her eyes, it doesn't change at all. She's like, it looks exactly the same. But for me, I'm trying to just like iterate on all the little things. And yeah. especially, you you know, one of the, the, you know, I think digi- having Photoshop is definitely a blessing and a curse in that, you know, I'll take a picture of my painting. I'll go to Photoshop. I'll change a little bit of this. I'm like, is this a, is, you know, is this a good change? and I'll flip it back. I'll go to, you know, ch- go to a different area, change the color, whatever. And uh because of Photoshop, I'm able to preview a lot of changes before I physically make it, before I physically commit. But also because of Photoshop, I'm just endlessly noodling. I'm like, "Well, what if I do this? You know, this looks cool, but what if I, you know, uh created this stroke? What if I did this?" So, um basically there's a point where uh, in that agony phase where I'm just like, God, I can't be working on this yeah. <laughs> freaking uh, face anymore. And that. then uh, I put it away. Then the next morning, if I look at it, and I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Then it's good to go. So, and a lot of times it's just the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like is, it's yeah. like, Oh, uh, we need the two eight one poster now because uh, we need to get it printed.
0: So yeah, no, definitely a very tough decision. Not just for people in art in the creative field, but also just perfection and trying to accomplish a task without like getting lost and trying to make every single part of it perfect is always is always a and, challenge. And you know what? I think that, that is another thing that I learned from advertising because advertising is
1: always, always last minute. It's always, you know, it's never <laughs> yeah. where a client uh comes up with an idea. Oh, let's get an artist and have them do a painting for three months and then put it out. It's always like our campaign is going out now. Yeah. We need the painting <laughs> yesterday. And uh, that's really where art and commerce
0: hits you know art hits the road with commerce so all those deadlines and advertising look there are benefits to it anyone who's mm-hmm. advertising who's listening or watching to this yeah. a lot of benefits let's start moving into our final questions which is the greatest comic book of all time and why
1: oh, dude yeah, well i can't say that <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite i would say my favorite comic book is fables um you know as a kid i had a lot of favorite comic books and it was mostly the the popular stuff. I think as a kid, the most memorable comic book series was, you know, the McFarlane Spider-Man Venom saga, mm-hmm. Maximum Carnage, um, Nightfall, Batman Nightfall, where he gets his back broken. Uh, but when I got back into comics a little bit as an adult, Fables just had my favorite story. And I don't think I've ever, I think it's it's probably the only series where I've read over 150 issues you know straight and multiple times even um also didn't help that also helped that uh it had the cover artwork by one of my favorite artists james Jean, um and and bone 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 uh is the other one that uh has just has the awesome story you know like i think when i was a kid um comic books were all about who the artist was at least in the nineties when I grew up. But I think as an adult, uh, the story is, is, is the number one thing for me. And
0: I think fables, fables is my favorite story. Fables takes the crown. Yeah. Which is the greatest martial art, martial arts, martial art form of all time. Martial art.
1: Dude. Well, that's a, that's a true question because I'm an MMA fan, which is a mix of the martial arts, but, uh, as uh, a favorite martial art to practice myself, Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Because, uh, you know, I feel like coming up with Ninja Turtles and Street Fighter striking is the coolest. You know, you want to be able to have the ninja moves, the ninja <laughs> kicks. Um, I have respect for all the martial arts, the ground grappling, but you want to be able to do, you know, the the cool kicks. Um, and I feel like it's the most fun workout for me.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I just thought of this follow-up question. So martial arts is an art. Nobody debates that. But can you make the argument that art is a form of fighting? where Does it ever feel like when you're in front of a piece, do you feel like you're going to war or going to into combat with the piece, maybe yourself, maybe with the instruments in front of you? I would say going to war with yourself. With yourself. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because uh Yeah, because you're you're struggling with. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't call it a fight. It's not it's not like being I don't think it's like I don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's like being in, in a fight, but maybe in the smallest sense, uh in that. I think I'm struggling, you know, I think as an artist, you're struggling with a lot of things. You're struggling with um, your own style like um, and what, I guess, is might be expected of you, especially if you're doing a commercial gig. What are you comfortable with?
0: Maybe? Yeah, what, yeah, maybe
1: you're straddling the line between uh, what you're comfortable and maybe expressing what people know you for and what you're, you know, what's going to get likes on Instagram, maybe yeah. something like that versus what maybe you're naturally curious about you're like oh i want to try this i want to try this but i don't know if it's gonna should i take the risk on this job because you know because of the deadline and everything so um yeah i would say it's it's an internal struggle also there's also being an artist is always the for me the internal struggle of can i do this forever you know is this gonna you know it's it, it almost seems fake that i can just draw and paint and this is how I make my living so I'm always worried that it's going to run out at some point so that's
0: like a mental struggle (laughs) no for sure yeah Yeah. I mean people talk about chasing your dreams but there's always this constant cloud that this is too good to be true oh yeah yeah like you've converted your childhood passion of sketching comic book characters into a profession you're great at it but is this going to be the last I completely get it that can always be a struggle so you brought up something so another follow-up question for you you spoke about how creating art for people and with the purpose of it being viewed by millions of people and being consumed by people changes the art versus experimental art that you're just creating for yourself in your own studio. How's that different? Do you feel like two different artists work on that? Do you think two different Jian's work on those type of art? One that's been created to be consumed and one that's for yourself? So I don't think it's too different,
1: but um, I think if I work on one for too long, I, get a, I lose interest and get bored a little bit. You know, uh, especially when I was working, uh, when I was starting out, it was everything was MMA related because first I was doing editorial stuff, so I was putting and so like, even though it's my passion, I'm like, I do kind of want to paint some other things, but then um, I think that's where maybe stepping into the fine art world has helped a little bit. You know, uh, doing comic book covers and stuff like that has helped a little bit, where I get to um, explore those areas. But then, when I get hit with another UFC job, I'm like refreshed. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, let me let me get on this again. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there definitely is a little bit of balance, especially uh, on Instagram. You know, if I paint, uh, if I post a couple, you know, too many images in a row of uh, non-MMA guys, um, <laughs> the numbers start to slide. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's something to keep in mind. Okay, I took some digressions. Back to it who is the greatest martial artist? And I emphasize the word artist because for this question, I don't want you to focus on impact or wins or defenses, but rather the person who showcased martial arts as an art form in its purest form.
1: Oh, well, I, that's gotta be Bruce Lee Bruce Lee, because I mean, he is an artist, you know, uh, he made it the most, the most popular. I think, I think he made martial arts the most popular it had ever been, um, simply through his artistry, uh, Screen presence and um yeah, the whole package, the philosophy,
0: everything. Bruce Lee takes the crown. Who is the greatest (laughs) UFC fighter of all time? The greatest?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Good. You're gonna get me in trouble. No, I'm I'm not not, so I don't think I can say greatest because you can't. You that's a pound for pound thing. I would say my favorite current active fighter is my boy Izzy. (laughs) Uh but um I think um my two favorites. It's hard one and two, uh, Mark Hunt because Super Samoan because, uh, for me he's like the ultimate underdog and the ultimate fighter that speaks with his fists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know if, if uh, nobody's familiar with Mark Hunt. He is this super, at least height wise, undersized heavyweight. Yeah. He's like five eleven or five ten, something like that. Uh, but he would just fight these monsters in Japan and he before he went to the ufc he was on i don't know like like a massive losing streak but so he was like a super underdog and you know at you know at some points people would say he looked overweight you know so he looked visually like a guy that uh shouldn't be in there with kind of these really big with tall brock ro- yeah, yeah yeah brock lesnar guys <laughs> yeah totally so, yeah. but then he would just kill these dudes you know <laughs> one he's the ultimate ko king like i feel like even today. I know that maybe there were some other heavyweights that have more knockouts, maybe but I, feel like I think not maybe. Yeah, bad. yeah. But still I feel like dude, it's not like Mark Hunt. Not like Mark Hunt. So uh and I just love that, you know, he just wouldn't he just wouldn't talk any you know, talk any shit. He would just he would just do it. Uh so he was almost my favorite. Um and then the other the other was Machida just because I was a karate kid. He was the first guy that came on with just a, a predominantly karate style.
0: And he became a champion. So I was, I was a, just a huge fan of Machida too. Machida. So you named your favorites. Greatest in history, not current, So you don't get into trouble.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, greatest fighter in history?
0: UFC history, yeah.
1: UFC? Yeah. Oh, man. You're like maybe bones maybe bones bones yeah just cuz uh bones anderson bones maybe just be, just because uh maybe the feeling of how dangerous he was you know like there there's obviously the great gsp you know multiple weight champion and same with anderson so dominant but i feel like bones is so scary and uh especially the popularity and caliber of guys he was going through and just dispatching them
0: <laughs> yeah. um, uh, he seems like very unbeatable very yeah. unbeatable so yeah you can't make a case against johnny bones and if he wins the heavyweight championship he is like he's cemented he's already there like the already the conversation is happening but if he wins a heavyweight against francis Ngano, it's gonna be crazy so you pick johnny bones GSP is not impressed by your performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But we'll we'll move past it. Before we go into our last three questions, I would love for you to interpret what do you think I have built. Oh, yeah. So I not anything. What do you think these masterpieces are? <laughs> um uh let me see.
1: I feel like this looks like a camera. Oh. Maybe this is the camera and this is me and this is you. Um, <laughs> you know, it uh I think you've got the screen you've got uh this is your mic and um this is me um you know just chilling so i think i think i have recreated yeah. this set. experience yeah they yeah. it said it's said the camera me you made,
0: and you're chilling yeah <laughs> this is just, yeah you made a amazing. meta lego lego set so yeah there we go cool. just asking questions, question just chilling all yeah. questions easy let's go into our last three questions what are some books, movies, role models, apart from the inspiration we just discussed, that have been positive influences in your life? Books, movies. Okay, well. We can have okay. podcasts and audiobooks. Yeah, well, well yeah.
1: Let, let me, I guess, maybe for the inspirational uh, learning things, I, I listen to podcasts, lots of different podcasts. I say I have, fa- I definitely have favorite, um, like, fiction books. <laughs> and so my favorite science fiction book, Ready Player One. And favorite series, uh, Old Man's War by John Scalzi. Um, it's just, it's it's an amazing series. And uh, my favorite fantasy uh, audio or book, for me it's an audiobook, is The First Law Trilogy by Joe Abercrombie. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know that, I, I think it's better than Game of Thrones because I think the characters, it dives right into the character development and it's just more badass and... Uh, fun and, and engaging uh the, the it's a lot more fast paced but it has that deep world and uh depth of characters as game of thrones but i think it's just a lot more badass and fun um as far as uh who else what else movies movies are role models. okay yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> probably got a lot of hate my favorite movie is the last samurai yeah why not that's there is, <laughs> I i haven't even watched Like, you know, the classic Samurai movies, (laughs) just because I I always try to get to them and I'm like, man, this is too old. I don't know if I'm going to like this. But uh, for me, uh, The Last Samurai is the only movie I've ever watched three times in the movie theaters. And it because it came out at a time when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, I was into karate. I was into, you know, Japanese culture, um, the craftsmanship. And when Tom Cruise discovers the Samurai in Japan... I felt like I was discovering Japan, like through his eyes. And I, I, I shortly went to Tokyo later. So uh,
0: that I, I love that movie. Would you rank that above your other favorites, Rush and Kill Bill? Oh, yeah, tough. Questions. Yeah, no. Yeah, last oh, yeah. Samurai. <laughs> last Samurai, yeah. Tom yeah. Cruise yeah. wins yeah, it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you like your legacy to be like? My legacy? Hmm. I,
1: you know, I, I don't think I've ever thought about legacy, but... I think um, my focus um, in my artwork is just leveling up to be the best version that I can. I think you know uh, one thing uh, that I try to do with my little brother is I'm always trying to get back into video games because we used to play a lot of video games as a kid. But I think the reason why I can't I can't get into video games is because my art career is my video game. I'm like constantly trying to get to the next level. I'm trying to get this project, get you know, ch- you know, uh, complete this objective. So I think, um, you know, if I was going for a legacy, it's just um, creating the coolest work that I
0: can make, yeah, just being the best version of myself. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. I, and I do think that year on year, I think you do level up. Last question for you. We spoke about art about expressing yourself about the internal battle You spoke about your process about flow states about reaching that moment of reaching that zone final question what is the meaning of this all what do you think is the meaning of life oh man dude well i've definitely never thought of what is the meaning of life
1: um but i think it just goes back to maybe the last question um you know uh me and my wife's favorite show is Shark Tank. And <laughs> I think I think the reason why I love Shark Tank is because you're you're watching people going for it. Like they're going for their ultimate, you know, whatever their ultimate goal is. And I think I just love that in everybody. I love it. You know, like uh, my brother just recently moved to New York and he works at a New Yorker and he's just living the New York lifestyle. He's like, he does uh, rock climbing. He's doing stand-up. He's like really going for... Uh, I feel like what is going to be the ultimate version of himself. So I think um, if you had to ask me what is the meaning of life, I'd, feel, I'd say going for everything you want and becoming the best version of yourself.
0: <laughs> going for everything you want, becoming the best version of yourself. I love it. Gian. thank you so much. If people want to connect with you, find out about your next work, where can they do so?
1: I just Google my name, Gian Galang, and um, I have a website, Gian Galang. My Instagram is... Jingle, so
0: perfect. I recommend checking Jingle. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Hey, thanks so much, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having.